the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and our worldwide audiences here for another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show. Every uh, Thursday at 5.30 p.m., the show airs at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. Please go to the rescuersradioshow.org website where you can hear all the shows on podcast. And as a listener-guided show, we'd love to have you donate if you care to do that. You can see that at the website as well. So my guest this morning, this is pretty exciting because I've known him for a long time. And uh, we used to do a radio show of another type we may talk about a little bit. But Dr. Timothy Smith, founder and executive director of Water From Rock Ministries, I'm going to call you Tim the rest please of the do, way. Please do. <laughs> Just don't call me Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> okay. So, um, Tim, so that so that our our, our audience knows you better, uh, please share your back your backstory to us. How did how did you get to this point in your life? Hey, first of all, hey, thanks for the honor to be with you. I was there Ooh. that day that you were inducted into the Arizona Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Oh my gosh! And uh, I remember back in those days, you had this dream of having a radio program where in the midst of all the bad news, you could share good news. And so yeah. I'm delighted to be here, and I hope I can bring good news uh, today. Nice. Thank so you. So thank you. And this is maybe your 101 program, is that uh, right? 103 or 104 by now. So if you're doing one a week, that means you started I back. Two a week. Two, two every, a week. every other Thursday I do two shows. So you started about the time the COVID hit. Yes. Yeah, wow. Well, congratulations. And my first guest was Henry Rojas. Oh, gee. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so we started the storm at that time. And uh, the, God planted it in, in my heart because I think he knew what was coming. And there would be a lot of heroes and people to talk about above the darkness. And well, I don't know if I'm any kind of hero, but I'm glad to be here. Uh, actually, I was born here in the valley. And uh, back in the old days, I was raised on a cotton farm out in the West Valley, which is Peoria and Glendale, for those listening from Sweden. And I actually picked cotton by hand back in the days before we had a machine cotton wow. picker. And so I know what it is to carry the sack down the row and get it weighed at the end of the row. But I was very blessed that I had a mother and father who were very devout Christians. And we began every day on our knees in prayer and my dad would read scripture, and we ended every day on our knees in prayer. 
in in uh, as well God's word. And so I, I had that, and I'm very thankful for that. And as I look back, my mother was a wonderful Christian educator and that she hung on the wall by my bed. She hung a painting of the little boy Samuel. If you remember the story, uh, yeah. a little boy in the middle of the night who heard the voice of God and he was instructed by the priest Eli to say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so that kind of stayed with me through the years, that attitude of listening for God. And so I was a sophomore at Arizona State University. And I was walking down the mall one day right in front of the Hayden Library. And I heard a voice. I can't say that it was an audible voice. But I heard a voice somewhere within, and the words were verbatim, Tim, he called my name, he said, what are you doing with your life? Mm. And I felt that there was so much more in those words than just that question, what are you doing with your life? And I I really sense that as uh, the Lord's call to some kind of vocational ministry that we call it. And so to do that, I wanted to learn more about the Bible. And so I, I went on to seminary, uh, and from whence I went to serve in a church in Texas. And then I returned to the valley where I was a founding pastor of two churches here. Mm, wow. And the last one, I, I served for 21 years. And uh, during that time, I made two mission trips to India uh, that had a profound effect on my life as I saw the faith of those Indian Christians. And I never met a pastor in India who had not endured some kind of physical persecution at that time. And the average uh, time per day that a pastor in India uh, spends in prayer is two hours. And that really spoke to me. Yeah. Because, hey, I was so busy doing the Lord's work, I certainly didn't have time to pray. And so after serving 21 years in that church that I had founded, I, I, I really sensed um, a call to step back, to, to learn about prayer. And I was going through something of my own spiritual dark night. And I was wanting to learn about spiritual direction which is coming alongside another person and helping them listen to God. Mm -hmm. And so the next thing I did, I became a chaplain for the Department of Juvenile Corrections, where I learned a lot more than they did, I'm sure. But to tell the good news of Jesus Christ to these young men was a a wonderful experience for me. Uh, Then I went on to serve as a chaplain for hospice, where I tell people it was for the best years of my life, uh, being with people at that time and telling them again the good news of Jesus Christ. And then I was a chaplain at Mayo uh, for, for, let's see, five years. And then... That's the Mayo in uh, Phoenix. uh, Mayo in Phoenix. Yeah, Mayo here in Phoenix. And, And then I began sensing that I wanted to step out and do something new. And I say that the uh, I think the man Abraham is a patron saint of my life. Hebrews eleven eight. It says he went out not knowing where he was going. So perhaps like you've done sometimes in your life, you take the next step not knowing where it's going to lead. 
And so I wanted to begin a ministry that would in some way connect head with heart. I knew a lot of theology that hadn't made its way to my heart. And I, I wanted, a, wanted a ministry that would be rooted in Scripture, uh, that would focus on the experience of the living God, and that would explore some of the classical spiritual disciplines like silence, solitude, fasting, etc., like that. And so with the help of my dear wife and other people, we began what we call Water from Rock, which is our statement yeah. of faith. Let's talk about that. That when we're in the wilderness journey, as we're making our journey of redemption out of the house of Egypt, the house of bondage, before we get to the promised land, we spend some time in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And it's in the wildernesses of life that I see a lot of people are going through right now. Mm-hmm. It is in the wilderness that we learn that God knows how to bring water out of rock. God knows how to provide manna from heaven. Those are not things that we discover in Egypt or that we discover in the promised land. So there's great promise for us in, in the wildernesses of our life that we really learn by experience that God provides water out of rock, that, that God gives us what we need, that God leads us, that he guides us. And so uh, about 13 years ago, Art, we, we began Water from Rock, and we be- began on the, on the uh, Franciscan Renewal Campus, uh, where I now do, uh, I do weekly classes. Uh, I write weekly devotionals. I write seasonal devotionals uh, because I learned from my own experience when I was a boy the value of beginning or ending a day in God's Word and prayer. And so that's, that's what I seek to do. And then a funny thing happened about two years ago, Art. We were hit by COVID, and um, I couldn't do classes anymore. Yeah. And so I thought, wow, how can I still connect with people? And this had to be God doing it because I've never thought about preaching for as short as seven minutes. <laughs> but I came up with a podcast. It's about seven minutes. I do it three times a week in which I seek to get into Scripture and then connect that scripture with our everyday life. I had a professor who said, at the bottom of every sermon, write two words, so what? Okay, so we look at a passage of scripture, then so what? And I called it Sila. that's what I call the podcast, because that's a biblical Hebrew term that has the idea that what you've just read in the Psalms, stop, look, and pay attention. And so uh, still doing those uh, over two years later, and uh, I can actually say something in less than seven minutes. So that's a, a I, surprise. I love the statement that you've made, uh, that, and, and you say that you've, you've experienced firsthand the renewing power of Jesus Christ. That's a powerful statement. It is a powerful expe- uh, statement, and we've just come through the beautiful season of Holy Week and Easter. And much of my spiritual journey art has been to know Jesus not just as a philosophy, a concept, a good theology, but to know him as a person Mm -hmm. who, as the old hymn says, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And so I I love what the Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God to salvation, Mm. saving us uh, not, not just for heaven, but saving us from 
uh, what, what's going on in our world today. Yeah. So you became an author uh, doing de- devotions, whether it be daily, weekly. Uh, you've, you've written uh, devotional books. And yeah, that goes on a... for about 13 years. I've done one for Advent, and I did one for Lent, except this year we had a supply chain problem. And that uh, <laughs> oh, our, really? and that our printer could not get paper, and so our uh, Lent devotional is our springtime devotional, mm-hmm. and I have one here for you, Art. It's called Encouragement in Christ. Oh, nice. Uh, daily Reflections for Troubled Times. Um, our nation is going through a very difficult time now, and actually the phrase encouragement in Christ comes right from Scripture, uh, that Christ does give us encouragement. I have a hunch that the readership of what you're doing, especially the the spiral bound books booklets, whether it's seasonal and now the new devotional year round, mm-hmm. there are people, as far as water from rock is concerned, there's people from outside the United States. There are, there. and uh, and and especially as we put these online. Yeah. And so there are people we know from the analytics, there are people in China and India and just various parts of the world. So we're very thankful for this digital age that enables us to increase communication. Yeah. So especially in a place like China, <laughs> yeah. where it's not, yeah. it's not uh, the most obvious thing people do, right? That's right. Or can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, – you're, you're, of course, a, a, an ordained minister, and you also served as a, all the chaplains that mm-hmm. you pointed out to us. Amazing work. Can I tell you one of the important things about serving as a chaplain? Yeah. I learned how to be quiet and to listen. Are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, be, before I would enter a room, I would stop there and I would pray. I would let go my agenda, and I would go in and I would lay ears on people. Wow. And uh, people need to be listened to. People need to be heard. So this is the first time that Tim and I have been in a radio studio studio together. We had a time back a number of years now that um, you, Henry Rojas, and myself had a radio show on a different network. I won't name it here. And um, for about almost two years, right? That was a lot of fun, called The Living Room, because we wanted to just be three men who are coming together and casually talking about things that matter in life and God and how all that fits in. And we all had our own perspective, which made it— We did. We did have our own perspective. (laughs) Not so ordinary of a show. (laughs) It was pretty good. A lot of fun we had. So— so one of your teaching paths, uh, uh, by the way, um, more than halfway into the Rescuers radio show, if you're just now dialing in, my guest is Dr. Timothy Smith, author and executive director of Water From Rock nonprofit. And um, one of your teaching paths comes under the finding that we are thirsty for the living God. According to a Gallup poll that you, you uh, pointed out in the notes I saw, showing 82% of Americans wish to experience in their lives being thirsty for the living God. Uh, we must feed your teachings and writings into that. But is, tell us about that. Uh, I mean, there's a number, and COVID probably really slammed a lot of doors shut, right, for people? Well, it did, but I also think it made people more thirsty. Yeah. 
And uh, we live here in the desert southwest. Both sides of my family came here because there was this incredible thing called irrigation. We're in a country, uh, we're in a land we only get six inches of rain a year. We can irrigate. And my mom says when her father got off the farm, uh, got off the train, and he saw irrigation water flowing through the fields, that he cried. And so... I think of the psalmist who says, like as a deer pants for the living water brook, so my soul thirsts Mm. for God. People are thirsty for God, and they mistake that thirst thinking that the more money, our more success, our fame, our pleasures, our things, that that will satisfy what only a God can truly satisfy. And so I do think that this time of COVID and social unrest gives us an opportunity to point to Jesus as that living water, as he calls himself, Mm -hmm. for which we're really thirsty. And I think we're seeing that increasingly more as a country. Uh, I I think we're at a tipping point in our country. And to help people recognize that um, uh, God made us for himself and our souls are restless and thirsty (laughs) until we rest in him. And I'm sure all of those experiences, and I'm glad you said that you came by train and not stagecoach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well. I know you're not that old. uh, But, uh, um, you know, in your your writings uh, of devotions and and even the weekly, uh, daily— writings that you do you you were inspired at a very early age and stage in your life that in that walk uh on asu campus well and you know what i i know what it is to sit in an icu room with a loved one mm. and want to reach over for a gideon bible mm. if it's there today it's there. and to have something to read i know what it is at two o'clock in the morning to be wide awake struggling aching and and to want something from from god and so when I write or teach, I'm just teaching out of my own experience. And so a, a few years ago, a, a friend asked me, he says, Tim, what are you? Uh, you've taught, you served as chaplain, you've, you've taught in a seminary, what are you? Yeah. And I thought for about 10 seconds, and I said, I am a fellow traveler, that we're all in this way together, and I'm just happy if I can... Uh, share uh, a little bit of the good news. Uh, I like uh, it said that, you know, I'm one beggar uh, telling another beggar where I found bread. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I I really write out of my own experience things, things that I struggle with and how I find Jesus to be the answer to that. So uh, with all the writings that you do and all the, all the um, ministry and pastoring and uh, chaplainship that you've done, you probably have a handful of favorite sayings. Mm. Share some of those with us. Mm. The little I know I owe to my failures. That's one of my favorites. Um, God cannot really use a person until the person's been broken. Mm. And uh, for me, the postgraduate work after seminary, real-life experience, uh, has, uh, has taught me so much. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit longer saying. Parker Palmer, who's a wonderful Quaker educator, he tells a story of a Hasidic Jew who asked his rabbi, he said, why is it that the Holy Scripture says to write these words on your heart? And, and the rabbi said, because one day your heart will break and the words will fall in. Oh, my. 
And um, one of my favorite sayings comes from Ernest Hemingway, who says, The world breaks all of us, and there are some who grow stronger in the broken places. Mm -hmm. And that's what intrigues me. That's what interests me, because as I encounter people, most of us have been broken. Yeah. I'm uh, one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, uh, And there are those who grow stronger at the broken places. So I'm intrigued how through Jesus Christ, instead of becoming bitter, we become better, Mm. and how God uses that brokenness in our lives. Yeah. So setting all all of your writing, all of your sayings aside for a moment, and all that you've done, uh, is there anything you'd like to be doing? that you haven't been able to do? Oh, absolutely. And I continue with that uh, saying I learned as a little boy, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Mm -hmm. And um, in in some ways, uh, although I am well into my seventh decade, uh, I feel like I'm just beginning. We're brothers. Yeah, we're brothers. In that point. Uh, And uh, I can't say I'm all that wise, but I, I am challenged by the words of the Apostle Paul as he says in Philippians 3, I want to know Christ. And I say, what? Paul, Mm -hmm. you've been an apostle, you've been walking with Jesus for 25, 30 years, and you want to know him? There's so much more to know in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. that he is more wonderful and beautiful and glorious. And and I want to know more of that Mm -hmm. and to tell people about it. Yeah, You know, there's a wonderful thing I learned when I was studying biblical Hebrew, that the ancient Hebrews did not have the words to say, thank you. Rather, they would say, I will tell of your name. And so if you are in business, you just love to hear someone say, I'm going to tell others about you. So my calling at this stage of life is I can best tell the Lord thank you by telling others of him mm-hmm. to, uh, to tell of his name. The Rescuers radio show is kind of built on that. Yeah. We're, uh, to, we're telling people stories that are critical to in, in the work that they do and, and the people that they, they assist and help. And, and, um, and it's amazing. It, it, it's amazing to me because uh, I, I, I I, I thought I was a pretty good networker, but not to the extent that we've done over a hundred shows. And um, who would they? Who would they be? So friends that I've been friends with for a long time have been finding guests, uh, guests that have been on the show find guests, and it just keeps on flowing. And and he started it all with two mission points for this radio show. Uh, just just look for those that are changing and saving lives. Mm. That's the only criteria I have. Mm. And sometimes it fits really well, sometimes on the edge, but um, that that's the purpose of the show. And it and it it's so him right uh, to to do this. And um, and Jesus was really good at going away for a while from the. The twelve. That's right. He says, "I need to get away. <laughs> I need right. some quiet time." Right? That's right. And he did that. He'd go for uh, hours and hours, or maybe a day. You know, there is a rhythm to the life of our Lord Jesus that I'm seeking to continually rediscover, and that is solitude, community, ministry. 
Jesus made time to get away. Mm. He spent time in community with the 12 and others that drove him into ministry. And I, well, I, I, I think you're the right man for this job. I remember when I first met you, Art, it was in a small was group men's Bible study, you know, and, and I learned a little bit of your story. Mm. That is so beautiful, the grace of God shining through. So I'll give you another quote that's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's by Henry Nouwen, that great spiritual writer. He said that our best gift to the world is our story, that God shines through all the cracks and the brokenness, and we discover that it's not, it's not really about us, it's about him. And so what a beautiful story I've, I've learned from you about you and uh, God's uh, grace in your life. And so... Uh, I, I encourage people to tell their story. So we're, we're nearing the end of the program. We're in our last couple of minutes. And um, I, I want to know how people listening to The Rescuer Show receive your books and devotionals. And is there a website? Yes, there is. Okay. Waterfromrock.org. If they go to our website, they can discover most of the written materials that are there on the website as well as how they can order hard copies of uh, some of them. For instance, uh, our springtime devotional, Encouragement in Christ, Daily Reflections for Troubled Times. They can order that on our website, waterfromrock.org, or they can go to the Water From Rock Facebook, and where there's usually something posted each day. And so I'm really thankful for the digital age that enables us to It's available as a Kindle. It's on Kindle. Thank you. That's right. It is. So, um, by gosh, it's so good to have you have you on the show. For All right, it's great as... to see you, and thanks for your friendship and the uh, many lives that you're changing, and uh, God's blessing on your work here. Well, the full name is Dr. Timothy Smith. Please call him Tim. You are a rescuer, my friend, and God's blessings, and thank you for being on the show today. Hey, thank you, Art. It's been a privilege. Okay. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.